Hello and welcome to episode 329 of the VegGrow podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow as much food as I can in my allotment and garden. Today is the 10th of June 2020 and coming up in a bit, I'm going to be talking to you about how I hatch quail. But firstly, what have I been up to today? Well, today is Wednesday, the 11th of June, 2020. I've had a day at home today doing stuff at home in the garden. We was predicted rain, so that's why I avoided going down the allotment. And also, I've got quite a few jobs that I need to get on and do at home. Now, my first task today was to start building my scarecrow. Years ago, I made a a scarecrow frame, shall we say, basically a, a cross that I made a scarecrow from on my old allotment. Now that scarecrow was effective back then, but I haven't used it since, and uh, all it really was was two pieces of wood tied into a cross. That, I kept that cross, and I want to use it again. So what I did today was place this cross, the base, into a bucket of postcrete. Now the postcrete I found in my garage, I used it many years ago, so I don't know if it was going to be any good. In fact, I don't think the postcrete is any good because it hasn't dried and hardened as of yet. It's been pretty much all day and it's still not hardened. So it probably tells me either the postcrete was too old or I've used too much water. But we'll keep an eye on it and see what happens. The main thing is it does seem to have weighted the base down, so it might be that it's good enough. We'll see what happens overnight and tomorrow. So after placing that wood in the postcrete, I then set about cutting down the wood from all the trees that I've taken down in my garden over the last few weeks. These were all stacked in a pile on the lawn, which... It looked messy and has been annoying me for quite a while, but I had nowhere to really pot this wood to to get rid of it or to find somewhere nicer for it to stay. Well, today I've basically just started cutting the wood down into log-sized pieces so that we can burn them over the winter once they're hardened off. Now, the cutting down of this wood did take quite a while, and the biggest problem I've got is I'm running out of space in where to store it. Which is where it brings me back to the veg garden. Now, what I'm thinking of building over the next couple of days is a higher stand for my water butts that can go down the far end of my garden. And this is going to be made out of wood. And I'm thinking what I can also do is use the underside to store more logs so that they harden off. Something pretty easy, something I can do, and I think I can probably fit three water butts on top. These are three water butts that I've already got, which are empty and I just feel are in the wrong place. Or I can come up with something, I guess, is what I'm really saying. Now, after that, I then sowed some more spring onions and some lettuce, trying to keep on top of sowing again. I haven't sowed seeds for quite a while, so it feels kind of good to really get those sown. I have also moved out my last of my squash plants. These are varieties, mashed potatoes and boiled potato varieties that are just taking up space. Well, they're not taking up space as such. They were in the cold frame. They need to go down the allotment or somewhere where they can be useful. 
And this has now emptied my cold frame, which I'm quite glad about because I kind of need to take this cold frame apart. It's, it's a few years old, it's fallen to pieces, and, and to be quite frank, I want to get a different one eventually. Well, that is really what I've been up to today. But what have you been up to in your own allotment and garden? Please let me know. A bit of a slow day in the garden today, really, but it happens. Anyway, today I thought I would talk to you about how I hatch quail. I know a few of you out there have got yourself some quail in recent times, and especially on the back of my experience rearing quail. Now I have to admit for me, rearing quail has really given me the chance to learn about rearing birds from eggs. And I've got to say, I don't do too badly from rearing them. I think my hatch rate could be better if I had a better incubator, but apart from that, I don't do too badly. Now, of course, in an ideal world, I would like to rear chickens and ducks too. However, living in a suburban area, it's not so easy to do that without upsetting neighbours. And that's why I feel quail have really came into their own. We can have quail in a small garden. They don't make much noise and they're the opportunity there to learn how to look after these birds. So what I do to hatch, firstly, I will turn my incubator on the day before I want to start incubating my eggs. And this gives it the chance to get running and get up to temperature and check it works okay. Now, my incubator is the cheapest I could find at the time, to be honest. And it's not very good from what I've read online, but I'll be honest, it's worked for me. What I did do, however, is I placed a thermometer inside the incubator and I set the stat according to that thermometer as opposed to the thermometer built into the machine. Now, this is quite important because I found that we want the incubator to be at 38 degrees C. When I set my incubator to 38 degrees C on the dial, it got too hot. It went up to about 40, 41. So I dropped that thermostat down to 36C and found that to be about right. Now that does change depending on your incubator. So what I recommend is get yourself a thermometer and adjust it accordingly. Now what we then do is we take our fertilised eggs and place them into the incubator. Now there's no way to tell if the eggs are fertilised. The chances are if there's a male in the run with a female's those eggs will be fertilised. It's actually not unknown for quail eggs brought from a supermarket and placed in an incubator to hatch as well. So it's certainly very, very possible to have fertilised eggs. Now with the eggs in the incubator, we have to manually turn the eggs three times a day on my incubator. And this just stops the embryos from sticking. And we repeat this for 14 days. Now, some incubators have an automatic turning function and the one that I'm expecting to arrive in the next month should have this function as well, which will just give me that bit of a... give me the chance to not worry about it so much. Now, during this time, I don't tend to candle my eggs and see if it's working or see if the eggs are fertile. I like to see what hatches. Now candling is where we take a bright torch and we shine it through the egg and we can see what's going on inside. It's something I might look at in the future out of interest more than anything but like I say I've not done that myself. 
All I do note is that the eggs that seem to have a bird inside, they seem to weigh more than those that don't. Now, after 14 days in the incubator, the incubator now goes into what is called lockdown. That is where the eggs are not touched at all. And the incubator is not opened. Now, we don't want to open the incubator because it will cause a change in the environment, such as a change in humidity. And that could cause problems to the bird inside. Now, unlike other poultry eggs, I don't tend to add water to my incubator. And I've spoken to many quail beaters who also say they don't add water either. Now generally we add water to other birds to increase humidity and get that eggshell softened. Like I say, I don't tend to bother with my quail. Now by about day 18 or 19, the eggs will start to shake. And that's a good sign because it's the bird inside trying to break out of the egg. And it's just causing it to move and shake around. Eventually, it will crack through the egg, and that first sign is called pipping. At first, once pipped, nothing may happen for a few hours, but then all of a sudden that egg will unzip, and that is literally like an egg unzipping. And then the quail will hatch. Now, at this stage, these quail birds are tiny, and I mean they are tiny. But it is important not to rush in and move them from that incubator. It's very hard to do. I find it really hard to do. But we need to wait until that bird has fully dried out and gone really, really fluffy before we remove it. That can be up to 24 hours. Now, don't worry about the bird. It has absorbed enough of the egg yolk inside to last 24 hours. So it doesn't need feed or water for at least 24 hours. Don't worry about it. Now, I do find it hard to not interfere at this stage, mostly because of the design of my incubator. It worries me that that young bird might trap its leg in the egg cradles. And that's why I find it really hard not to move them. Again, when I get my newer incubator, this may not be a problem. Now, once they are all fluffed up, they then go into my brooder. Now, my brooder is a large hamster cage. In the bottom, I've added wood shavings. And then down one side of this cage, I've added a small pot of chick crumb, which is basically a very fine poultry feed specifically designed for young birds. I've also added a small pot of water and I've added pebbles to that water. Now the pebbles are there so that young bird doesn't drown. These birds are so small and so weak that if their feathers get wet, they may get too heavy to lift themselves up. Then down the other end of my brooder, I have a heater plate. Now this is obviously to keep the birds warm, just like a mother hen would do. Now my heater plate has legs which can be height adjusted as the birds grow. Many other breeders will use an infrared lamp or ceramic heaters. I personally prefer heater plates. The reason I prefer heater plates is because they don't give off any light. Now it might be infrared light, but I do see that red glow in other places. And I see that as being a bit of a waste of electricity. And also, if it's indoors, it might keep myself up. If it's outdoors, other people might see it in a shed and it might keep them awake. Or a million and one things I can see being a problem with that. So we've hatched our birds. They're in the brooder. And those first few days, it's important to check on them regularly. 
as we found out last time, things can go wrong very, very quickly. But these birds do grow quick. I think in the first day, they will double in size. And then as they grow, I gradually raise that heater. After about two weeks, I start weaning the birds off the chick crumb and onto the same feed that the adults eat, which is a game feed. A bit higher in protein compared to chicken feed, but it's it does the birds great. Now at the same time, I also try and get the birds to drink from a bottle waterer instead of a pot of water. This is just because it's easier to keep clean. Now currently, my young quail are three weeks old. The heater plate is now raised to that highest point and those birds seem very, very happy. Over this coming weekend, I expect I'll be potting them into a cage in a shed outside and that cage has a ceramic heater. After probably about a week, I will start just having that heat on overnight. These birds at the moment are almost fully feathered out, which is a sign that they're going to be able to survive outside and don't really need so much of the heat. Now, these birds at six weeks old will be fully grown. I think the two that I hatched three weeks ago are female. And at that age, they may even start laying eggs. Now, at this point is when I hope to get them into the same cage as some of the other quails. Now, I've got to say, I've not really had any problems rearing a quail. Apart from that one quail that got into a, a bit cold a few weeks ago when we sorted that out, I've not really had many other problems once they've hatched. But a problem I often hear of is a syndrome called sprayed leg. And that is where the leg hasn't quite developed into the right position. But this can be easily rectified by using an elastic cord around both legs just to bring that leg back round when those birds are newly hatched. Now I've not experienced this so I don't want to say it's easy. I don't want to talk too much about it because I've not had that problem and I hope to God I never have that problem. But if you're thinking of rearing quail that is generally how easy it is to do. Now, if you want to add anything or you want to get in touch, you can email me, richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. Visit my website at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can leave a comment on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. But for today, thank you so much as always for listening. I don't think I've said thank you much lately and I apologise for that, but thank you, thank you, thank you. It really means a lot to me. But for today, please take care and I'll see you again next time. Oh,